Y'all know something I was thinking about? Certain things seem to only happen to you when you're in a certain place. And that's how you know the universe has a sense of humor. And sometimes that shit ain't funny. You know? Like, I seem to only get a pimple when I decide to do a video. That's the only time. I never get a pimple until I go, yo, I got an idea for a video. Pimple! I never get as many red lights until I'm late to work. All of a sudden, not one light in the city is on my side. As if one light told all the other lights, yo, it's Mo Day. We on them. Red. Fam. Who's in control of the lights? All of the lights. This is ridiculous. Your shirt only gets caught on the doorknob when you're in a bad mood. Never happens when you're happy. Soon as you're mad, here your clothes go, getting caught on every damn thing. You only forget your keys when you storm out mad. <laughs> That's the worst shit ever, ain't it? You got to go back because you forgot your keys. You just gave somebody the business. Certain things seem to only happen at certain times. And I'm convinced that the universe has something to do with this. Nothing is a coincidence. Police seem to only pull you over when you black. I'm just kidding. Oh, Welcome to the moment. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. If this is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitchell. Your money's back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. Episode 51. Extra bright, I want y'all to see this. Yeah. Turn up the lights in here, baby. going on man a lot going on in life a lot of reasons to celebrate a lot of reasons to feel good i hope everything is well with you guys let me start off by saying it is a good day it is a good day i have officially signed on to Burke's podcast network pioneer saw that it was released so i know i can say it we are about to do major things i'm very excited about that completed my first week of my new show with jade on q99.7 afternoon three to seven monday through friday First week went really well. I had fun. I had a lot of fun kicking it with Jade. She's easy to work with, easy to talk to. It's a great time. We're having a ball. If you have not tuned in to some of the stories we tell in the afternoons, you're missing out. You're missing out. Now, I know some of y'all have been disappointed. I, I do apologize. I don't want y'all to get the wrong idea. In the afternoons, I'm not going to talk nearly as much as I do on the bird show. It's not, it's not that much of talking. It's a lot of music, but we're also talking in between. So, yes, I'm all over the place in the hours. Me and Jay are killing it, but the whole thing is not going to be talking. Some of y'all are like, yo, what's with the music? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still radio station. We, you know, music is still important. It's not talk radio necessarily in the afternoons, but we are doing a lot of talking, giving you reasons to dance, giving you reasons to laugh at the same damn time. So tune in to Jaden Mo. Alright, let's get into things I'm mad at. But you're just so damn sexy when you're mad. Alright, this might just be me, right? But I'ma be honest with y'all. Since I always am. I don't like when people ask me where I got something from. I'ma just say <laughs> Is that selfish? To not want to tell someone where you got something from? Like I appreciate the compliment. I don't think people should go, where'd you get it? Fam, I'm not going to help you look like me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Why do I want you to look like me? 
I'm the kind of person, I go into the store, this has happened to me a lot, and I'll pick out something I like and then walk around and try to find something else, and then I see another dude with the exact thing that I picked out. He's walking around with it. I put it back. <laughs> Is that bad? I don't, I just don't want anyone to look like me. I don't want to get it if I know someone else has it. If I see somebody look good in some, like, yo, fam, that's fire. But then I don't try to go get it. Looks good on you. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie to y'all. When people say, where'd you get it? I lie. I do. I tell them I don't know. I have no idea. I forgot. Or it was a gift. Or, man, they shut that store down a minute ago. I come up with any kind of lie. Yo, it's crazy. I found it. I, I mean, it don't matter. Fell off the truck. But, like, I don't know why I feel bad for lying when I feel like the person should feel bad for asking me. I, I thank you for the compliment, but I don't want you to look like me. And people don't. I know what y'all thinking. Sometimes people ask because they want to just, like, shop in that place where you got it. They don't necessarily want to get that piece. I don't believe you. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that at all. Plenty of places you can shop. You can look up exactly what it is you're looking for. I had a homeboy the other day. He's like, yo, I need that shirt. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's fire. You don't even know. I know people who got tattoos on them that's in a different language because it was hot to do it at the time. They don't know what it say. They think they know what it say. They know what they told them it said. They don't know what it actually say. Walking around with a tattoo on your back that say I hate myself and I'm stupid. You don't even know it. Shop for yourself. Who's next? I'm mad at my homeboy. Because um, he came to me and he was like, yo, I had the craziest dream the other day. I said, what happened? He's like, you and I got in a fight. I said, what? That's crazy. That never happened. He was like, I know, right? That's why I should have knew that it was only a dream. I should have knew that couldn't happen. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, I don't even know what we was beefing over, but you swung on me and I put you in like this little flip move and bow, slammed you. Started giving you work. I said, wait a minute. What? <laughs> wait, what? what exactly did you do? He's like, nah, it was crazy. I said, yeah, 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 it was crazy. What was crazy to me was that you said to yourself, you should have knew it was a dream by the fact that we fought. Nah, you should have knew it was a dream by the fact that you beat me, fam. Like, what are you talking about? You flipped me? What do you mean you flipped me? What am I, a gymnast? He like, <laughs> I don't know why I felt some kind of way, y'all, but I did. I never had somebody tell me that they beat me up in a dream before. I didn't know how to feel. Maybe I'm a man, I got too much pride. I don't know. But I just didn't like how he was so comfortable laughing and telling me he flipped me. And so I'm like, well, what did I do? I know I got up. Like, I know I came back. He was like, nah, you was out of it. I was out of it. Now I'm back in it. What you, what you mean? So he like, well, he like, it was a dream though. I'm, at this point, I didn't care, y'all. I didn't. I was like, now nah, we got to fight. <laughs> we, I mean, we could, you know, with gloves on for charity. We too old to be out here going in the backyard, but we got to put gloves on and do something for charity. He's laughing. Like, I'm like, fam, I'm dead serious. <laughs> He's like, come on, man. I'm like, nah, you can't dream that you beat me up and get away with it. <laughs> you ever know something sound crazy, but you you in it, so now you just got to ride with it? Like, you can't. I don't know about y'all, but, like but for me, it just feels like you can't dream that you did something to me that you can't do to me in real life. That's how I felt. And then, he, then his chest got big. And I was like, we about to fight over a dream. 
I feel like Christina Milian in here. A few of y'all will get that. We can't fight over a dream, can we? That's ridiculous. But at some point, he's like, come on, you used to box, man. I ain't doing that with you. And then that was enough. I was like, all right. <laughs> I ain't even fighting nobody today, y'all. I'm tired. I got too many jobs to be fighting. I got 43 seconds in me. That's about it. If you got 44 seconds in you, congratulations, you got to fight. I ain't want to fight my homeboy over a dream. But I was willing to do what I had to do because that's a nasty thing to do. You cannot do something to me in a dream you can't do to me in real life. My life, my choice. All right. Who's next? I'm mad that you can't be funny in a relationship. Does anybody else go through this in life? I don't know if it's the natural comedian in me, but it just seemed like every one of my relationships started because I was funny and ended because I was funny. <laughs> Everyone. It always starts off like, wow, you're hilarious. This is amazing. You just make me laugh. And then a few months down the line, it's like, wow, everything's a joke to you, huh, Mo? What? But that's how you, that's how you got here. Do you ever take anything serious? Wow, you can't turn it off. Why is everything not funny anymore? These are the same jokes. I haven't switched up. Why have you? Sense of humor's change rapidly when you get into a relationship, don't they? My God. All that shit she used to think was cute? Uh-uh. Not anymore. Certain things only happen when you're in certain places. Trying to tell ya. Who's next? I'm mad at somebody's car. A car gave me anxiety the other day. And I wasn't a fan of the fact that this happened. And maybe it's that I'm just not accustomed to being around really fancy things and really expensive cars. But I was, I was in this car. And they left me in the car because they went to the store to grab something. And the car started talking to me. Like I was on Night Rider or some shit. The car said, are the keys in here? I said, whoa. I'm Michael Knight. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Because I didn't know if the keys were in there. I had no idea if they took the keys with them or not. So I didn't know what to say. Like, Michael Knight would know what to say in this situation. I just said, I don't know. And then the little system beeped. It went beep, 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 beep. And then he sent it to me in text as if I didn't hear him. Are there keys in here? I said, oh, shit. It's getting intense. Like, what happens if I don't have the right answer? This is way more pressure than who wants to be a millionaire. I'm, I don't know what the car is going to do. So I lied. I was like, yo, they in here, fam. We good. Don't worry about it. We good. <laughs> In that moment, I realized that I was lying to a car. Who does that? But I didn't know what else to do. My anxiety was pinging. At this point, I mean, maybe I wasn't completely sober. That's none of your business. But a lot of things are going through my head. What's about to happen? Does the car think this is Grand Theft Auto? Will the car defend itself? Does the car have face recognition? Has this person listed me on their emergency contacts? I don't know what's happening next. Then everything shut down. I sat in the dark and I came back to the car and was like, dude, why'd you turn everything off? And I was like, I, what? First of all, who are you? Who are you really? Your car just had a full blown conversation with me. Don't ever leave me with a car that can talk. Like who does that? If your car can talk, say something. You know, like imagine being on Look Who's Talking. Somebody just leave you with dogs that could talk and don't say nothing to you. Like, don't do that. Hey, by the way, my dog can talk. 
Like, that should be a conversation. Hey, by the way, my car might have a conversation with you and ask you intense questions and shut everything down if you get it wrong. Don't just say, I'll be back when I damn near got terminated. Few of y'all will get that. Hell is wrong with him. Anyway, who's next? I'm mad at a time that one of my family members got mad at me for something. Because sometimes you don't really think about how crazy some of the things you got in trouble for really were. But some of the things were crazy. Like I talked before about when you got in trouble for putting the trash in the trash because you put it in the wrong trash. Like that's ridiculous. But I remember one time I lost my house key and I came home. I said I lost my house key and I got in so much trouble. Now, I get the fact that I was irresponsible and I lost my key. Now, things happen. We lose things. Even as adults, we just do. So I get being upset and telling me I have to be more responsible. But I got in trouble for the fact that they had to change the locks. And it was so expensive to do that. And I was told that I gave away the peace of mind of feeling safe in the home. And at the time, I felt horrible. Then I got older and I thought to myself, I lost those keys at Six Flags, fam. <laughs> Who's gonna know where I live? If they figure that out, they deserve everything in here. I don't have but five things. If they find a random key on the rainbow ride, on the Pirates of the Caribbean, and somehow, because I'm sure my address wasn't on it, when does that ever happen? That would be stupid. I didn't lose like an ID or anything. It literally was one key. I don't know why I had a single key at that time either. Don't ask that part. I did dumb stuff like that when I was young. I don't know. But I used to have like one key. I did. And I lost it. And I felt so bad. Like, oh my God, I put my family at risk. <laughs> man, who the hell was going to find out where we live from Six Flags, man? I thought to myself, nah. The sentencing was too strong in that one. <laughs> Come on, man. They're not going to find us. Who's next? All right, let's get into shout outs. Shout out to the ex that won't go away. Shout out to you. Yeah. Listen, all shout outs are not good shout outs. Okay? Sometimes the shout outs are just to put a spotlight on some of the people who need to change their behaviors. And if you're the ex that won't go away, have any of y'all ever dealt with this? I'm not saying I'm going through it, because I'm not. I am good. But I know a lot of people, especially a good friend of mine, she's dealing with this as we speak. This dude won't go away. And she's telling me about it. And it got to the point where she was like, Mo, I don't know what to do. Like, do I have to die? And I was like, <laughs> yo, you got to relax. But I, I remember feeling that way. Where someone would not leave you alone to the point where you were like, yo, dying is better than this. Now, of course, it's not. It's an emotional thing. But that's real for so many people. And I hate that people have to go through that, especially women. I know women go through that all the time. I feel for you. Oh, uh, if you're the ex that won't go away, have some pride. That's all people ever really want is for that person to have some pride. My God, if someone is constantly telling you they don't want you, believe them. Somebody is somewhere hearing this right now like, nah, it ain't me though. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's you. 
Leave them alone. Shout out to y'all. That's the worst. Only thing worse than a person that won't leave you alone is when you're on your way to find out that the person is cheating. You ever seen that? I'm t- Listen, nobody walks faster than a woman on her way to embarrass her man. I will tell you that right now. You have never seen a power walk like that in your life. Fam, I done seen women get up to 43 miles per hour. Them legs be moving. When What? When she knows she got you? Oh. Certain things only happen at certain times, but it don't matter what them lights doing. She running through them. I be on her way. <laughs> that is the fastest walk you ever seen. When she know you caught, man. Or, or a dude driving. When he think it's a dude in the crib, he get to driving. He Jeff going that day and get there safely, too. Promise you. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Uh, shout out to my man, Case Money. Other half of 1901 and my dude, Coach. Because I thought about this. It's really important to have good friends in your life, man. It really is. Like, it's vital. People's lives are so much better when they have good friends in their life. And my man, Coach, is a software engineer now. His life is about to change. He's about to be in a whole different place. And a lot of that was due to the help that he got from my man Case. And it was it was good as a man to see two of my really good friends who I have a ton of respect for better themselves by lifting each other up. Like, it's amazing what having a good friend in your life can do. To be there for you when you're down, to pick you up. And when you're fine, if they know something you don't, to pass that to you so that now you can know and you can elevate. And then maybe I can give something to you that you didn't know, and then you can elevate. That's vital. I think we sleep on how rare that can be sometimes, especially nowadays, because there's a lot of times when you got to question what friends really are. We see that all the time, and that's all you hear. This friend stabbed this friend in the back. This friend did that. So when I saw a situation happen where I felt like two of my friends did something that was powerful and impactful simply by just being friends to each other, I felt like I had to share it because that's what it's supposed to look like. So kudos to those guys, man. Shout out to them. That's a dope thing. Coles, go get them. Let's get down to business. You give me the business. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Only way to open up the celebrity segment. The one year anniversary came up this week. It's one of those things, man. I remember exactly where I was. I remember the day of the week. I remember exactly what I was doing, sitting on my bed, opened up my phone. It happened to be the first thing I saw from Instagram. I'll never forget the moment. And I, in my mind, I was like, this is a sick joke. That's genuinely my first thought. I didn't want to believe it was real. I turned to all of the news networks, and I remember the moment of feeling like, oh, it's not on the news yet, so it can't be real. And I actually found comfort in that. There's no way this is real if they haven't reported it on the news yet. And man, I tried to hold on to that. But once they did, I knew it was real. And to this day, I can't believe it. But it's given me perspective of how fast a year goes. Because even with as long as 2020 felt, I didn't realize it'd been a year since the Kobe situation happened. A man, a year, it goes by like that, you know? And most of us who loved him are still uh, not past that hurdle quite yet and just can't, still can't believe it. So... Shout out to Kobe. 
and the legacy he left, as well as all the other people who passed alongside of him. I know a lot of places uh, only report Kobe, obviously, because of his fame, but a lot of lives were lost alongside of him as well, so I try to be mindful of that and remind people that he was not the only life-taking uh, that day. So shout out to them and their families as well. From one goat to another, let's talk about Michael Jordan. Not the one you're thinking, the one with the B in the middle. Michael B. Jordan is still going strong with Lori Harvey. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. And I'm going to talk about it again, mostly because I'm hating. How are they still on vacation? Somebody explain this to me. This is the longest vacation I've ever witnessed in my life. Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey have been on vacation since they met. It's been at least a month now, maybe longer. I don't know. I've lost track of time because I'm working so damn hard. But these two are on a nonstop vacation, man. First, they were somewhere where it was snowing. It was Christmas trees in the back. It wasn't even Christmas, but no one cared. Next thing I know, they're on a jet ski. The weather's beautiful somewhere where the water is see-through. And all I can think to myself is we have to get to the bottom of this. I spoke about how Michael B. Jordan has more competition than Michael Jeffrey Jordan ever had. I spoke about that, I think, two weeks ago. We know Jordan squared up against the Patrick Ewans of the world. But Michael B. Jordan is squaring up with Laurie Harvey. And MJ has never faced competition like that. But what I do truly wonder, Michael Jordan has six rings in his career. And that's why people consider him a winner. Michael B. Jordan only needs one. And he'll also be considered a winner. But will he get it? Will Michael B. Jordan be the guy to marry Lori Harvey? And I only think this is important because we have to figure out who the greatest Michael Jordan of all time is. We can't just like let a lifetime go by without knowing unanimously who is the greatest Michael Jordan of all time. If Michael B. Jordan puts a ring on Lori Harvey and gets a ring back, does his one ring compare to Michael Jordan's six? I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Jordan took down Magic, Bird, and Ewan, but he ain't take down Future. I think we got to decide who the greatest Michael Jordan of all time is. So when Michael B. Jordan gets this ring, I'm going to ask y'all, and I need y'all to be prepared to tell me, because we can't just let this rock. Now, I got another question. I was watching this celebrity do an interview, and I don't want to say her name. I somewhat have a personal relationship with her. And I know she'll hear this and she'll kill me. So I don't want any trouble. But genuine question. Are you really humble if you keep saying you're humble? I want to know. Because in this interview, she kept bragging on herself like the entire time. And then she would end it by saying, but I'm humble. Are you? Like, are you really humble if you have to tell people you're humble? Isn't humility self-explanatory? Most of the rich people that are like really rich, they don't tell you. If I'm rich, why do I care if you know? If I'm humble, why do I care if you know? Or maybe you really can be humble and just constantly feel the need to remind people that you're humble because you're humble. I don't know. But I wonder that because it felt as if it was just a little bit disingenuous. And I've, I've known somebody who's like, man, you know, I'm humble. 
that you saying it like it's hard to be humble. <laughs> if it's hard to be humble, you might not actually be humble. Like that's, um, I don't know. It's just my experience. Like, I mean, if you, you got to will your humility in, oh, fishing for humility. This is a heavy one. I mean, I don't know. I'm willing to be wrong. A lot of times when I meet people, they'll go, wow, I, you're really humble. And I used to not really know how to take it because to me, it was like, well, what, what else would I be? <laughs> what do you think I was going to be like? Get out my face. Like, what <laughs> like, what you mean? If you running up on me and saying you, you're a fan of mine or you, you like something I did or you know me from somewhere. What, like, how else am I supposed to react? You're welcome in my circle until you show me you're not. Of course, it's nothing but love. Why wouldn't you have love for people, especially the people who have love for you? That shouldn't be hard, but I get it because a lot of times you meet people and they don't necessarily give you the humility you think they should have. But yeah, but what do I know? All right, so something I want to focus on this week is this phrase that I like to use called put your Nikes on. Most people who know me know I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead. I have a whole lot of Nikes. Ridiculous. But my favorite thing about Nike is not the sneakers. It's the, it's the slogan. Just do it. I've always felt like it was the best slogan because it's so simple yet so powerful. Just do it. Sometime in life, you literally don't need anything but three words. Just do it. That's it. That's what makes dreams. And that's what breaks dreams. Just do it. It applies to so many different situations to me. Like on a bird show. This week we were talking about the moment when a guy is trying to figure out if he should kiss the woman. Should he say something? Hey, I want to kiss you. I felt like, no, you don't say that. If you're in a situation and you got to ask the woman if you should kiss her, you probably shouldn't be kissing her. <laughs> At least that's how I kind of see it. I tend to know that a girl wants me to kiss her really late in the game. So maybe taking my advice is not the best thing, but I certainly wouldn't ask. I feel like you should just do it. You wait for the right moment, and the moment kind of tells you, and you just do it. Reaching out to people. You hear people say all the time, communication is a two-way street. Okay, we all know that. That's a given. However, if you're the person that's currently in the moment of thinking about the other person, so what? Communication is a two-way street. You're the person that's thinking about the other one in that moment. Doesn't mean that they never think about you. Maybe they're waiting on you. You're waiting on them. Then what happens? Nothing. So instead of being the person that'll say it's a two-way street, just do it. I did that for a lot of years. I wasted years. I wasted so much time wanting to reach out to somebody, wanting to say something to somebody. And sometimes you never get the chance. When you think about how short life is, when you think about how we're a blip in the grand scheme of what life really is, why would you ever not just do it? You're thinking about it. There's a reason. I believe that when someone is on your mind or someone comes into your heart, there's a reason. The universe is doing that for a reason. You are supposed to reach out. And most of the times that I did, I was so glad that I did. When I've had to swallow my pride and reach out, I'm so glad I did it. Because good things came of it. And all of those years that I, it made me think about all of those years that I didn't. For my pride. 
or because I felt like communication is a two way street. There are people who, because my life is a bit crazy right now, I may not think about them on a daily because I just don't have the time. But if they're thinking about me and they were to reach out, I'd be ecstatic. It's always good to hear from people. So I don't I don't even think twice about it anymore. If someone comes into my heart, if someone comes onto my mind, I text them immediately. I don't even allow myself to overthink it. I don't allow myself to forget because the last thing I ever want is for something to happen to someone and I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. That's a horrible feeling. So what's the reverse of that? You reach out to them and maybe they don't reciprocate your energy. Maybe they don't necessarily feel how you feel. So what? And keep the same energy. But on the other side of that, is you wondering, damn, what if I would have said something? Oh, that's much worse. That's horrible. For me, if I'm going to regret anything, I'm going to regret not saying something before I regret saying something. Because you said it. You tried. What they do with it, that's on them. I did my part. I remember a moment when I was young and Murder, Inc. started first asking me to come to the studio. This is, again, around the time that Murder, Inc. records was jumping. Shanti, Lloyd, Ja Rule, Irv Gotti. It was great. And I got there. I was super young. I don't know anybody in there. It's a ton of people in there. And I'm just trying to get in where I fit in somehow. And by the, I don't know how this happened, right? Because it was very, very difficult at that time to get a couple of minutes alone with anybody that you may have wanted to talk to. It's impossible, especially if the person that you wanted to talk to was Irv Gotti or Ja Rule. That wasn't going to happen. It's 40 people in the studio. Somehow, by the grace of God, I end up being in the big studio alone with Ja Rule. It's just the two of us. And at that time, I could rap. I'm trying to get a deal. I'll write songs. I just need somebody to hear me. That's all I need. And I know I'm out of here. And God cleared the room out. What you got to understand, when you are a new artist in this environment, you don't even get into the big studio. You got to earn your way into the big studio. I hadn't done anything. I don't even remember how I got in there. I think somebody just was like, yo, come in. And I came in. I sat down. Next thing I know, everybody left. They cleared it out. So in my head, I was like, should I leave? <laughs> but Jai was in the zone. And in my mind, it was like, say something. This is your moment. This is your moment. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I was afraid. Not afraid of what he would say, afraid of how he would receive me. What if he was like, yo, why are you talking to me? Why are you even still in here? I was young. I was a kid. That might have damaged me. But what if he didn't? What if he would have been like, yo, this is crazy. What if I would have started rapping to him and he would have really heard me rap in that moment? What if I would have kicked it to him about how passionate I was and how hungry I was and how much of a fan I was? And you just never know. Now, my life turned out. Okay, but who knows what would have happened in that moment had I tried? I'll never know. And I was around him a hundred more times probably and never got another one-on-one -on -one moment. So I don't necessarily regret not saying anything because life plays out the way it's supposed to. But I can't say I don't wonder how that would have played out had I said something. And if I could go back, I would certainly say something. Because leaving that room with him telling me, yo, get out, leave me alone, you bothering me, would have been much easier to live with. Then feeling like, damn, what if I would have? That taught me. Oh, now I'd rather you tell me I'm trash than me be afraid to ask. Say something. Just do it. Put your Nikes on. We were talking to an intern today about stage fright. She's a performer. She plays the piano. She wanted advice. What do I do with this stage fright? 
I told her, you don't do anything with it. You embrace it. It's a good thing. You're nervous because you care. I still get jitters before shows. You should because you care. People are paying to see you. You want to perform well. Doesn't mean you don't believe in yourself or you don't have confidence. I know when I go out there, I'm going to kill it. I used to doubt it. Not anymore. But I still get nervous. I remember Floyd Mayweather saying one time, I still get nervous before fights. I think he was like 47-0 and 0 at that point. 47 fights in. Nobody's ever beat you. You still get nervous when you come to the ring? Of course I do. You get jitters. There's nothing wrong with that. So what do you do? You do it anyway. <laughs> you feel the fear. You embrace it. And you do it anyway. And then like everything else, it gets easier with repetition. Each time you get less and less nervous because you start to realize how good you are at whatever it is you're doing if you're perfecting your craft and being a student of it. Then get nervous turns into, it's not like I'm scared. It's just that I'm ready. Then you become anxious to get on that stage and then you do and then you get off and it's the greatest feeling ever. A lot of comedians will tell you that's better than any drug. And I'm sure performers will tell you the same. So I say that to say, whatever that hurdle may be in your life, and you're saying to yourself, I don't know, I'm afraid, or I don't know if I should. But you know somewhere deep inside of you, something is telling you to do it, and you're just finding reasons not to. Just do it. Put your Nikes on, and just do it. All right, let's get into moments of the week. Reflective moment of the week. You know what I was thinking? The universe really messed up. You know how when you're watching Netflix or you're watching something on TV, typically you can press like a instant rewind button where it just goes back like 15 seconds? Why didn't life give us that? Like sometimes I feel like people ask for too much. They say, oh, I wish I could live my life again. Okay, that's a lot. I get that. I get why you can't do that. Oh, man, if I could have that year back. All right. That's a lot. I get why you can't do that. But 15 seconds? That's fair. Imagine how different your life could be if you could just fuck up and then hit a 15-second rewind. And you got to hit it quick. You can't wait on it. Right? If a minute goes by, you're done. You can't have it back. But just imagine, like that one time you cursed your boss out. Oh, you bitch. Whoa, shit. 15 seconds. We back. Kids got on your damn nerves. Take your punk ass off. We back. You was mad at your husband. That's why I never liked you and your little. We back. If you could just have 15 seconds back. It would be so helpful, man. Just 15. Ain't asking for too much. Some of y'all could rewind a whole sexual experience. Oh, that was great. We back. Even if they give you a limit on the 15, like maybe you can only hit it five times in a lifetime. That's fine. That's fine. If we got to work five days of the week, least they could have did was gave us five 15-second rewinds. That's all I'm saying. Yes, these are the things I think about <laughs> as I go through my daily journeys. Who's Question next? of the week. Can a pastor like pictures of women in bikinis on Instagram? This is a serious question, man. <laughs> I get it. Like, do pastors have to be pastors 24 hours a day? Because one of the sisters from Mary Mary. Was tearing up this pastor because he liked a picture of a woman in a bikini. 
And I'm wondering, like, are pastors allowed to be human in any way, publicly? Because I don't know. I don't know how y'all would feel about this. I genuinely knew a pastor, and he's a really, really, really good pastor. He's incredible. And we used to go out together because of his relationship with me. Out of which I don't want to say exactly what his relationship with me is because I don't want to put him on the spot. But we had really great times together. Right. Like, for example, is let's say your dad is a pastor. Right. And he takes you out because you're his son, not as a pastor, like as your dad. Is he wrong for that? As like, does a pastor get to take his son to the strip club? I know this sounds crazy, but has anyone ever thought about this? I mean, no one is. What they do at work 24 hours a day. You may pretend to be, but you're not. We all know that. So should we expect pastors to be different? Because it's a new day and age, really. Pastors are different now. You see pastors out here with Jordans, braids. They chilling. I ain't judging. I'm not. There was a time when I would go, I don't know. That's, that's different. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up with the suit and the bed. And the extra ah at the end of everything. That's how I grew up in the church. The Lord, ah, he said, ah, like, if you don't give me the ah, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you actually spoke to him. I don't. But I'm not judging anymore. So being that we've now allowed pastors to look different, are we allowing them to be different? I don't know. But I know when I used to get around my family member that was the pastor, I would change my whole swag up. And he used to know. He used to be like, yo, what are you doing, man? Why are you talking like that? Because you're a pastor. You know, me, like, I curse a little bit. I, you know, I, but I don't know how to do that. He's like, man, be yourself. Think my friends don't curse around me? I don't know what your friends do. But I ain't about to be in here acting a fool and you go back and tell God. Like, I'm, what you mean? I know who you talk to. I know who your friends are. You're a pastor. And he's like, <laughs> if you don't just be yourself, and we will go out. And he would, like, women would go, you know, what do you do? He'd go, I'm a pastor. And they would go, oh, my God, what you doing here? And he'd be like, same thing you're doing here. Just, I'm not at work trying to have a good time. I'm not, like, he wasn't wilding. I'm not saying he had his shirt off on the dance floor. He wasn't doing that. He was at the bar enjoying himself. Grown man stuff. Was he wrong? He was judged. So I just wondered to myself, what's the limit? What do pastors get to do and not do? God said, come as you please. I mean, I don't know. I'm not judging one way or the other. I'm just asking the questions. I have nothing to do with. But I'm asking the tough questions because the people deserve to know. Who is the greatest Michael Jordan of all time? And can pastors like bikini pictures on Instagram? If you take nothing away from this episode, folks. <laughs> there you go. Who's next? All right, quote of the week is more like story of the week. But somebody said this to me the other day and it resonated with me. So I figured... I would say it here on my part. But they said something to me like, if you had $86,400 and I came up to you and I was an asshole to you and then I asked you for $60, would you give it to me? I was like, no. <laughs> why the hell would I do that? And he said, exactly. So why do you give people a minute? And I said, what? And he said, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. And if somebody pisses you off, you're typically upset about it for a lot longer than a minute. But every minute, 
You're giving them $60. Why even give them 60 seconds? I said, whoa. That makes sense. There's a lot of times I used to get upset at somebody for something they did. I'd be pissed off for the rest of the day. And piss me off. Sometimes somebody do something to you, you don't even know them. They cut you off on the side of the road. You mad for two hours. You give an attitude to people who don't deserve it. You in a bad mood. For what? If you mad at that person for an hour, you done gave them 3,600 seconds. That's the equivalent of giving them $3,600. If you got 86000 When you break it down like that, I was like, man, I ain't going to be mad at nobody for another second. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I ain't giving you a dollar. If I wouldn't give you a dollar of my money, why the hell would I give you a second of my time? Time is way more valuable than money. There's no limit on the amount of money you can make. There's certainly a limit on the amount of time you can be here. If you wouldn't give them a dollar, don't give them a second. It's that simple. Be mad for what? Drake made a song called Nice for What? I'm about to remix Mad for What? And I'm going to get out of here on this. I got one of the greatest gifts I've ever received this week. Physically, for sure. Probably the greatest. It, it's a gold chain of a picture of me and my grandmother. And it's incredible. It's amazing. It's a beautiful gift. And really was way more about the chain, obviously, and the meaning of the chain. And one of the things that I've been trying to deal with in grieving the loss of my grandmother is using the strength that I gain in feeling like she's still with me to get by. And on the back of the chain, it said, I'm always with you. And I broke down. First time I ever cried getting a gift because it was like I literally had just had this thought in my head. I need to feel like my grandmother's with me. And then boom. But the reflection for me here was the greatest physical gift I ever got represented the greatest gift I ever got, period. Which was what my grandmother left me in her departure. I'm just different. I can't explain it, but I feel it. I don't think I can truly put it into words, but I certainly know it to be true. I'm just different. I see life different. I see relationships different. I thought I had no fear before. But it's to a whole nother level now. My will is different. My desire. I feel more powerful. It's, it's a lot, man. I just, I don't play no games anymore. I don't take a second for granted. Not a second, not a dollar. It ain't a game. What I do from here. Yeah. Piece of that represents my grandmother, her legacy. What did I learn? How will I respond? Because life is not about what happens to you. It's about how you react. So you can control. But I tell you, I'm about to go hard. On the strength of my grandmother. And there's nothing in life that's going to stop me. Because what God has for you, no man can take. It's just different. It puts you in a different space. 
And only those who have truly experienced it understand it. But that's a gift. That's the greatest gift you could give. No value on that. There's no price. How do you even measure that? That's someone giving you their life. And saying, go. Make something incredible of yours. Thank you, Grandma. I love you. And I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Next week, bitches. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. 